What happened to all those elite, highly trained, and revered military men and women who retired early or who were kicked out of the military for refusing the jab? Well, it turns out they've organized. They've organized to seek accountability from their military leadership. This is the Dr. Jane Ruby Show, and you're about to enter Truth in Military Medicine. Welcome to the Dr. Jane Ruby Show on this Friday, January 5th, 2024. I'm glad you're with me tonight. Well, several days ago, a group of our finest military who were either compelled to retire early or who were unfairly relieved of their duty for refusing the C-19 bioweapon shot, led by such great names as Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Pete Chambers, Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Teresa Long, Mark Bashaw, and many others constructed a letter to the American people stating their intention to seek accountability through legal, lawful, and peaceful means from their military leadership. And one of those leaders is Lieutenant Colonel Brad Retired. Miller. Retired. Brad Miller is a West Point graduate and former Lieutenant Colonel in the U.S. Army. He served in many leadership positions, including a battalion command. He resigned from the Army with 19 years of active service and is now an outspoken defender of freedom. And Brad Miller joins me now. Joins me now. Brad, thanks so much for being on the show tonight. Um, really been looking forward to talking to you all week. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Really, uh, really glad to be back on with you. You know, you had me on, uh, I guess, about a year ago. So really happy to be back with you. Thanks so much for inviting me on. Yeah, that's uh, that's very true. And I was proud to do it. It was after you initially separated from the Army. Uh, and we're going to get into that in the second segment. I'm going to ask you to share with the audience, you know, what your experience was and why, you know, how and why and what it meant to leave uh, shy of 20 years of service. But the situation you were in called for it. Um, but Brad, I, I I want to, as I said in the introduction, um, we're everybody's been buzzing all week about this uh, declaration of military accountability, which is the title uh, that you and many other leaders uh, put together. So I wanted to start out by asking you to just explain to the public as though they some people may just be tuning in. They they don't know what happened this week, nor do they know what the letter's about. So let's kind of go through that. First of all, tell us what this letter is about. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so what I'll do is I'll kind of explain what happened this week and then I'll explain why we're even talking about this and how this document came to be. Good. So, uh, so early in the morning on new year's day, um, I sent, this was at, at 4 AM Eastern time. So I sent an email to the chairman of the joint chiefs and other senior officials in the Pentagon and basically told them there is a document, which was attached to the email, which, a group of us have written veterans and um, and and some currently serving uh, service members. Uh, we have a document that we've addressed to the American people. This email is just to inform you that you have been derelict in your duties. You have not fulfilled your oath to the obligation. You have broken laws. It's now been two years. You haven't corrected that. This is our pledge. Those of us who have signed the document to the American public that we're no longer going to stand for this. And we are going to seek to hold you to account. So I sent an email roughly informing them that the document was about to hit the streets. 
I sent that email at 4 a.m. Eastern on um, New Year's Day. And then about seven minutes after that, I had a, uh, a tweet that I sent out on X or, you know, Twitter with a screenshot of the body of the document, the, it's which is just a one pager. Okay. And um, now that, that has been seen three point, that tweet has been seen 3.8 million times now. So it just took off immediately this open letter to the American public that, as you said, we have given the title of Declaration of Military Accountability. Yeah. And so I wanted to answer you mentioned that it was um, representing um, vet veterans and active duty people. Um, so before we get into that, because uh, there, there's a difference in the status uh, and the risk level, mm -hmm. I think. I don't know if you want to address that now, but I wanted people to understand what's in the letter first before we talk about the risks that you know many of you are taking. Because this is like a declaration of independence. You've got big signatures, you know, you know, all of you. Yeah. So what, what, what is the essence of the letter and what are you all saying to the American people in the letter in more detail? Yeah, so, so how did we even get this document that was sent out early in the morning on New Year's Day? Um, there's a good buddy of mine who is a true hero in this movement, and his name is Rob Green. Rob Green is currently serving as a, an officer in the Navy mm. right now, active duty. Um, a, a tremendous hero, one of the largest heroes or the foremost heroes in this entire fight. And uh, interestingly enough, for those who aren't aware, this is not new to Rob Green. Rob Green actually wrote a book. I have a copy right here. Yeah, sure. Yeah, which I'm proud to show because he's a fantastic guy defending the Constitution behind enemy lines. So and I mean, he put his name on it. He's not shying away. It's not written, you know, with a pen name. His name is Robert A. Green Jr. But um. So while active duty, Rob wrote this book published on July 4th, 2023, in which he shared the experiences of the service members who were being harassed, marginalized, ostracized, or in other words, coerced because of this unlawful COVID-19 injection mandate. Um, so then, so the book comes out and then it fast forward a couple of months as we get close to the end of the year, he takes some of these similar thoughts. Mm -hmm. And uh, and if anybody reads the book, they'll notice he relies a lot on the founding fathers. So he takes some thoughts and he puts them on paper and then he socializes it with a kind of a group of close friends of which I was one. Um, that was kind of the initial draft of what has become this open letter. So we all kind of got together. We made tightened up the language, you know, massage the language a, a bit. And that became the Declaration of Military Accountability, which was then signed by 231 total folks, some of whom are active duty. But when you read the um, the document, you're reading Rob's voice that others of us have maybe, you know, had a hand in, in massaging, but it's really Rob's voice. And he is deliberately linking it back to the founding period and kind of the spirit of the Declaration of Independence. And there's a, there's a, kind of a clause in there which specifically says hey we're not looking to separate like there were during the declaration of independence however we are kind of outlining a a um, a long train of abuses which the declaration of independence did now you mentioned uh that we have individuals who are signatories on this document some of whom are no longer actively serving like myself but others are actively serving yeah. what and is the concern for their risk level in terms of you know the, the the M word mutiny, you know, accusations. We have yeah. people in the J6 jail who weren't even in Washington, DC, or even in the vicinity of the region of the US who are in jail. So we don't we don't know what this government could do. So yep. 
what's so their fantastic, risk? Fantastic question. So let's be realistic. Are these individuals incurring some risk? Yes, they are. Mm. A related question, but that is not exactly the same. Um, should what these individuals be risky? Well, no, not necessarily. Because if you read the document and you're honest about what we say, all we say is we want to follow the Constitution and we want to follow the laws that exist and military regulations that exist that have not been followed. Mm. So these individuals who are, yes, they're incurring a risk. These are brave individuals and their bravery should be noted, but they're not doing anything wrong. All they're doing is seeking to hold one of our most precious institutions to account because at the end of the day, Dr. Jane, as you and I well know, what does the military exist to do? The military exists for one purpose, to execute violence on the behalf of the American public. Hmm. And if that's what the military exists to do, the military damn well better do so morally and ethically with a, a, a lawful framework that has been in place that the American people know and accept. If the military is operating outside of that framework and therefore the trust between the military and the American people has been severed, then somebody has to be called to account. And that's all we are seeking to do. Um, it's, it's, it's important that people read the declaration. First, I want to interject the website is, and we'll do this several times during the show, militaryaccountability.com. And for the general public, uh, you, you should go there and read the document in detail, understand what is said and what is not being said. And then you have the opportunity. I'm, uh, I know Brad, I've gone to the website to sign it as a fellow American, civilian or military. Um, so what are, I, I'd love to talk to Rob Green. Um, so are you saying that Ro, this, the idea originated or was it sort of a, a grassroots kind of 100 monkeys? You all thought of it sort of similarly in that direction for, for putting this type of document together? Um, maybe somewhere in the middle of both of those. So Rob's the one who first put kind of pen to paper and came up with this and socialized it with people that he knew, people that he trusted, you know, kind of a, a small core, um, people that he knew felt similar and people that he knew had been speaking out and saying things in a similar vein over the last year or two years ever since. I mean, the, the mandate has been in, okay. well, the mandate went into effect almost two and a half years ago. Um, but he's the one who who came up with kind of this document that lays out what has happened and then linking it back to the Declaration of Independence. So he socialized it with a couple of us. We looked at it. We shortened it down to one page, uh, changed a little bit of the wording and put a title on it that was Declaration of Military Accountability. And then we came up with this plan to kind of roll it out. So, um, yep, there was a group of us that were kind of co-organizers, but the idea and the original the original draft was Rob Green's. Yeah, and his book came out. I, I'm in. I'm inferring from what you said that it came out like last summer of 23 or yeah. fall, somewhere in it, there. It was. It was. It was released on July 4th, 2023. Has he uh, experienced any retaliation from since he's active from his leadership for from, publishing it? You'd have to get a more direct answer from him, but my okay. understanding is very little. Now, hmm. he he very much had some retaliation against him in the beginning for not taking the shot. Mm -hmm, of course. But specific to his book, um, and, and he might give you more detailed answer than what I can give you, but I believe that their their tactic in dealing with his book was to ignore. I uh, see, I see. Because they, they can, so when you write a book like this, and Rob Green's not a lawyer. Now he is a very smart guy and he definitely did his homework. And the book is meticulously researched, but also um, 
it, I mean, it's a human interest story. He's talking about individuals who suffered what the American people should know that these individuals suffered just because they didn't want to take these experimental jabs. And right. so um, the book is is equally researched as it is like a compelling story. And I got gotcha. you. So, it, it's um, not fiction, though. It's all it's 100 percent. It's completely true. I mean, these are all okay. accurate accounts right. of real people that that truly suffered. Um, mm. And so, yeah, when I say a compelling story, I mean, yeah, but, it's you know, real lives, real people. Right. And, um, and I and I actually have spoken with probably you you already know this, but for the audience's I've actually spoken to probably a couple hundred military folks who were, while they were on the inside privately over the last couple of years that probably resonate with the stories that Rob has told in his book. So there was a lot going on inside. Sure. And if you want to know it, I'm glad he's put that in his, I mean, that's the whole point of his book. But did you want to say more about his book or what, how well, he wrote? Just that, uh, I think DOD's probably going to try to employ the same tactic against us which is first ignore if they can get away with ignoring us then they don't even have to acknowledge our existence i don't think that's going to work our aim is of course to make ourselves unignorable if we can you know use that word yes um so that they have to address us and if they attack us to some degree that already legitimizes what we're saying and they have to address our claims are we making some bold claims yes but none of these are new we've been saying for two to two and a half years you know as, as soon as the mandate came out a bunch of question marks and red flags went up all over the place as to the nature of the um, of the mandate. And then the, you know, this bait and switch that occurred with the FDA approval yeah, that kind of, of then course. led to the mandate. So this is this is all we're saying is, hey, this was unlawful. Let's figure this out. And where laws were broken, there are individuals who have to be held to account just because you're a four star general or a four star admiral. Hey, listen, this is a nation of laws. We believe in the rule of law. And just because you may be in a position of power, just because the, um, you know, the Department of Defense holds a lot of power doesn't mean that you're above the law. Are, do you have any, any of you in the leadership of this uh, declaration, do you have any concerns about them, you know, after you get past the ignore stage and you get, and they can't ignore it anymore, are you concerned with them clawing back to those of you who have separated to take your benefits, whatever benefits you do have or your honorable discharges. And then to the same, your other group, to the active serving members to be uh, stripped of, maybe kicked out, dishonorable discharge. I mean, what, what if they start doing those kinds of things? Yeah. Um, I would like to say that, that, that that's not gonna happen, but I can't say that. All I can say is that the individuals who have chosen to put our names on this understand that there is no risk-free option now we're okay. going we don't we don't want to take unnecessary risks we don't want sure. to of course but we're going to stand up and write we believe and i'm just going to you know speak for myself here but the others sure. i know they feel the same way um yeah, too many people are trying to pick and choose battles and it's like well when, when are you actually going to pick one that you have to fight yeah i mean i i look around and i just don't see that many people on the battlefield this is the battlefield right now. And of course, we're speaking metaphorically. Nobody's calling for violence. But listen, if we don't start picking some battles, there will be no more battles to pick because we will have already lost. So yeah. now is the time to get engaged. Now is the time to get off the couch. And what we're asking people to do, if they want to know, well, where can I start? What's the first thing I can do? Go Excellent. to militaryaccountability.com and okay. you know sign the petition and share. Sign the petition and share. Now, the elephant in the room question is, um, what are your next steps? Like what beyond this declaration and getting hopefully millions of Americans to sign it, 
Yep. Um, what what are the next steps to execute on this um, declaration? Yeah. So what we really need to do is, and this is why we have to get the energy of the people behind it, because one of the reasons that we have not had a whole lot of luck the last couple of years is because a lot of the elected officials, if we're just being honest, have not been on our side. The courts haven't really been on our side. Um, and and so so then what's our recourse? Well, we live in a republic where we believe that the people have to be informed and the people have to be active. Because here's what's going on is that um, this is a completely nonpartisan, apolitical document. So we're not trying to attach ourselves to any political group or whatever. We are literally grounded in the Constitution and laws and the military regulations and saying those haven't been followed. So what we're really looking for right now is just kind of a groundswell of popular support from people all over, even people who have no connection to the military, even people who took the shots. And, mm -hmm. you know, feel like they were lied to or coerced or whatever. Or, I mean, I guess in theory, even if you think the shots are great, but you feel like the mandate was unlawful or you don't like the fact that people were coerced into it, you Good can point. still sign the document. Good point. You know? Okay. Yeah. Um, we just, we got to get active and we have to show the military, but, you know, the parallel efforts are happening in other institutions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to figure out how to kind of clean our own house. Those of us who are or have been affiliated with the military and also the document is very narrowly focused. So there's a lot going on in the military right now, a lot that is wrong. This document is focused just on the mandate and the implementation of the mandate. That doesn't mean there aren't other issues that are also contributing to the woes in the military. There are, but this is kind of the one where we're like, listen, there's a ton of evidence that laws were broken. This has to be addressed. If this is not addressed, mm -hmm. We cannot fix our military. We live in a complex world right now with a lot of uh, a lot of risks, and we don't necessarily have a military or military leaders that we can fully trust. That's that's very very well said, and this answers the question that many people in the public, at least from my pulse in my social media over the last two years, were saying, "Where's the military? Where's the military? Why aren't they standing up? Why aren't they doing?" Because yeah. they were actually victims like the rest of us out here under the coercion, uh, only within a closed system. And now here, here they are, uh, you know, coming to tell you, "We will stand by the Constitution and request that others do so as well." Um, Brad, this is probably a good place to take a break, and then when we come back, I want people to understand how the sacrifices go beyond leaving the military when people such as yourself voluntarily left, retired through retirement, honorably and all that, um, to ward off from what could have been even more disaster and more loss, and what a sacrifice that's been. Um, and we'll talk about how, um, this, I, I wanna ask your opinion on the state of readiness in our military with the current situation, what you perceive and what you know. So let's let's do that in the second segment, if that, that works. Sure, absolutely. Okay, great, we'll be back in a moment, don't go anywhere. Hi everyone, Dr. Jane Ruby here. Thousands of members across my social media have reported that the Triad Air purification products are incredibly effective at getting rid of shedding symptoms you may experience around family members and friends who took the jab. The Triad Air systems do not use filters, so there's nothing else for you to buy. The large unit protects homes up to 3,000 square feet, the Mini is great for single rooms like dormitories up to 200 feet. And the Personal Shield protects you wherever you go. Wear it around your neck, on your purse, belt, or try the Go that fits in your car's cup holder.
These products clean the air in your home of allergens, pollen, and mold using a pulse negative ionization technology similar to how the outside air is cleansed after a thunder and lightning storm. And you'll never have to change another filter. Go to airwaterhealing.com and use the promo code RUBY for 10% off and free shipping. That's airwaterhealing.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Jane Ruby here with a quick message on how you should be protecting your retirement funds, your 401k, your IRAs. Did you know that you can protect them with physical gold and silver to avoid losing everything that you've built over your lifetime? Please call the experts at Augusta Precious Metals at 888-836-1890. At least talk to an expert, learn more about how you can protect what you've built up so that if things go crazy, as we know they will in this economy, you've got some of your investments protected with tangible physical gold and silver. Every bit as valuable as real estate, something you can touch, they can't turn off, you know, with a flick of a switch. Call the people at Augusta Precious Metals. They're wonderful. They will educate you on what this is all about and what you need to do. And they will also provide you with some warnings about how to protect yourself from other companies that may be spreading lies and scamming you. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 888-836-1890. Welcome back to the Dr. Jane Ruby Show tonight. I'm here with Lieutenant Colonel Brad Miller, uh, from formerly with the U.S. Army, and I want to I want to clarify a little bit of a discrepancy. My error, uh, Brad, I, I said retired, and it's really resigned. And let's let's have people understand. Let's educate them as to the difference uh, uh, to that because it's important. Yeah. So um, so here's why a lot of times people will mistakenly refer to me as uh, as retired, but I actually resigned. So. A military retirement is what would be a full career is considered to be 20 years or greater. And if you achieve 20 years I or see. greater, then when you retire, you will retire with a pension. Now, I served 19 years, three months, 15 days. I resigned. I knew that I was well within a couple of months of, of achieving kind of that 20-year benchmark. I mm. knew what I was walking away from. So when someone refers to me as retired as opposed to resigned- they're mm -hmm. kind of two, two, there are two points of distinction there. One is um, if I had retired, then technically I would retain the rank of Lieutenant Colonel, you know, Lieutenant Colonel retired. Uh, I typically refer to myself if people ask as a former Lieutenant Colonel, because okay. technically I haven't retained the rank. I wouldn't want to misrepresent myself as holding some sort of status that I don't hold. But also I kind of jokingly say, you know, don't take my resignation away from me. You know, I, I made a uh, a deliberate decision to walk away and I and I sacrificed a lot. I sacrificed, you know, I got fired from battalion command. I lost mm. whatever the, the remainder of my career might've been. And I had kind of told myself that I would do about 25 years. As I was at the 18, 19 year mark, if none mm. of this had ever happened, I kind of saw, you know, myself doing a couple more years at about 25 years, I saw myself, you know, leaving the military and going on and doing something else. Uh, and of course I lost my pension. Now, again, that's just me. And, and this is, much bigger than Brad Miller, but the only I reason I, that it's I huge. share that yeah. is just because um, similar things happened 
to other people. So sometimes I share my story just because it's mine. It's the one I'm most familiar with because it happened to me, but it's just indicative of other people that also suffered tremendously. Sure. Um, and, and I'll tell you, so, so sometimes people will ask because they don't know, they know I was in the military for a fairly long time. They don't necessarily know I did not retire. So they think that I am at risk of having my pension revoked. Well, I'm not, cause I don't have a pension, but for other people who did retire, I mean, yeah, I guess you could say that is a risk that they are running. So it is at least important right. for people to understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'm so sorry because you gave so much to the country and it's, it's and for you. And, and, and like you say, you stand with many, many people standing with you and behind you who went through the same thing. Um, but it is an important distinction and re resigned does communicate, Hey, I, I, I took an action. I, I, I did this voluntarily. They didn't kick me out. Um, so I'm, I'm sorry for that loss. Anyway, moving along to, you know, your story, because you have a quite an impressive background. So I wanted people to understand who you are and maybe the, the, the depth and breadth of your sacrifices. Uh, let's talk about the fact that you, you resigned after 19 years Let's talk about what was happening from your, what you witnessed and what you experienced that really drove you to make such a decision. That's, it's, it's a huge decision with great loss to you and your family. So some people might be surprised to hear that um, uh, I'm very proud to have been in the army and I'm very proud to have done four years at West Point. Now I wish, I wish the institutions had not suffered the just the corrosion and corruption that they have suffered over the last couple of years but me too yeah but but none of that has to do with the institutions per se it's very deliberate individuals who've come in and i would say you know deliberately have uh have weakened these institutions and by extension the the nation but i mean i'm, I'm very proud to have been in the army uh very proud to to have gone through west point you know that experience for four years um and interestingly enough what i would say is the same type of values and virtues or, or traits, whatever those might have been, uh, those might be, whatever led me to join the military and stay in the military for as long as I did, it's those exact same traits that then led me out of the military. And I'll tell you, mm, when I came up through point. West Point, one of the things that I learned as a cadet, and I didn't think I was any more special than anybody else, but one of the things that was imbued um uh, to a great extent within us is that, listen, you learn very early on at West Point that you do, you choose the harder right over the easier wrong. And I mean, that is like practically, mm -hmm. you know, via repetition and trauma, you know, imbued within you as a, as a cadet at West Point. So, I mean, you know, fast forward two decades later mm -hmm. and I see a bunch of people that I, I, I feel like should understand this. And now they have this moment in their career and it may not be the moment of, of, of greatness that they thought they might be facing in their military career. They think that their moment of greatness in the military career is going to occur in some faraway land, you know, in the middle of a firefight. Mm -hmm. And then it mm -hmm. doesn't. Their moment of greatness was, you know, it was a uh, it was a moral challenge as opposed to a physical or a tactical challenge. But it was nonetheless a challenge and it was just as real and it was pivotal for our nation. And I just saw a lot of people that I thought were great people and they are great people. And I'm not saying I'm any better than them. All I'm saying is, is that I saw a situation that I could not go along with. And I really felt like I was being pulled in two different directions because I felt like I was gonna have to choose between my oath to the constitution and loyalty to people that were running an organization in a direction that was different mm. than the constitution. And so 
the dirty little secret that I want people to understand is, you know, you walk through an airport, you see somebody in military uniform and you say, thanks for your service. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's fantastic. Uh, it, but But we naturally think that when you serve in the military, you serve your country. And what I would say is, well, what's slightly more accurate is you kind of serve the government. You only serve the country in as much as the government is serving the country. Now, if we all lived and worked in a, in a truly functional republic, the way it was designed, then military service would align perfectly with service to the nation. But what happens when you have leaders that move that military in a, in a direction that is askew of the trajectory that should lead you know, in line with the Constitution? Well, what do you do then? And so I felt like, as paradoxically as, as, it, as it may sound, or as paradoxical as it may sound, that I was actually going to have to take off the uniform in order to continue fulfilling my oath to the Constitution, which I take very mm-hmm. seriously. And wow. so, mm. and now that's just that's just the decision that I took. There are other individuals that may feel as strongly as me that that have similar goals to me that have decided to go a slightly different route, and they have decided to kind of fight from within the military. I I, I have no qualms with that. I totally understand that as well. I'm just telling you. And those who are out there watching and listening, the decision that I took. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I wanted you to underscore. Um, and and you made a really interesting point at the beginning of this. You you really, um, I think, Im- implied in what you said was like you said, I'm still proud to have been in the army. Yeah. Um, there are many of us, military, civilian, whatever, that love our country, that cherish our country. That even though we call out, you know, the injustices and the wrongs. Are reflective of what you all are doing with this declaration. That doesn't mean we don't love and aren't loyal to our country, um, but but just trying to right some wrongs. And what you're describing is, you know, integrity. I had a, a a wonderful mentor years ago who said, "Integrity, Jane, is doing the right thing when no one's looking. It's not yeah. not doing it when everybody sees you." So I wanted to ask you, um, kind of leading to that, and your West Point, you know, your fellow uh, graduates and leaders. I'm sure they went out into. Um, if you're aware, uh, were and no name, no names, please. I'm just, I'm just, I'm going for. Did did you have the pain of witnessing some of them, like you suggested earlier, didn't get what's really happening, and or maybe did get it, but sold out to, hey, I'm, I'm gonna whatever the military tells me, even though I'm hurting my fellow, you know, my my the people under my command. And are you watching people that went through the same education you did? You know, d- d- become become part of the leadership that that violated the these laws and the, our constitution? Yeah, I, I think it runs the spectrum. So I think um, if I try to view this as charitably as possible, you know, and, and I think about friends and peers of mine that I know are good people. Yeah. Um, you know, some of these individuals two or three years ago, they may have believed a lot of the narrative that, that we were told. I, I mean, I didn't buy it. I was skeptical from day one, but some people did. And so therefore, when um, when the conversations first started, happening in late 2020 or early 2021 about, you know, these new shots that were going to come out. Well, people may have believed that, well, yeah, those are safe and they are effective and yes, they're necessary. Otherwise we can't get through this. Um, And, and I I will tell you that even though it was extremely sketchy, what was being done with the mandate when the mandate first went into effect in the military in August of 2021, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that everybody immediately understood that it was unlawful. And I will tell you, I'm one of those who did not immediately understand that it was as unlawful as it was. Now I had a ton of problems with it and I was not going to take the shots. And, and I, and I believe that it was extremely problematic, but in August of 2021, even I who had researched this thoroughly was not yet aware of the clear bait and switch between this community ghost product Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And then, you know, the Pfizer BioNTech and the misrepresentation of an unlicensed product is fully licensed. And I mean, just, you know, complete fraud. But I didn't learn about that until a couple of months later. So my point in sharing that is there are there are people who were well-intentioned who, if I'm viewing them as charitably as possible, Good may not point. Quite yeah. understood what was going right. on. Right. My, right. my problem though now is that was two years ago. I'm not necessarily blaming you for, for not understanding what exactly was going on 28 months ago or whatever, when the, when the mandate went into effect, but with all the information, all the red flags, all the question marks that have come out since then, right? you have an obligation. If you were a leader in the military, you have an obligation to ensure that the orders you receive and are giving are lawful. And so just, you know, cause we get this question all the time where, you know, people say you're in the military, you know, you got to follow orders. Okay. That's true, but hold on. So yes, order and discipline in the military. Yes, you have to follow orders. Yes, you have to follow orders you don't like. Yes, you may have to follow orders that may lead to your injury and or death. That's part of what it means to be in the military. You may even have to follow orders that you believe are unsound. Now, where time and conditions permit, you may be able to talk to the issuing authority of those orders and kind of explain why um, what problems you may have with those. But sometimes there comes the salute point you know, where you have to do what you've been told. That is all true. That does not mean that all goes out the window when you start talking about orders that are unlawful. Mm. You know, not only are you not obligated to follow an order that is unlawful, you are actually obligated to disobey that order. And you are taught that. Officers really? Listed, oh. Yes. Yes. So th this goes back to the way our declaration is written. The there's a very, the, the framework of laws is very clear and military regulations are very clear. All we're saying is follow the constitution, the laws and regulations that, that, that already exist, you know? Yeah, Brad, that's an incredible explanation. You must've been a great teacher as a leader when you, you know, came out of West Point. Um, seriously, because to break it down like that and to distinguish between something that is unsound, uh, you know, be, between that and something that is unlawful. And yet, how do we, I, and I'm sure you guys are all, and I don't want you to give away, what, you know, whatever you don't want to give away, but how do we then take that, uh, get that accountability so that it gets better and heals? Like, I, the reason I'm asking you that is that, um, what is, uh, is there, do you think there's something above the military leadership that told them to do what they did to all of you? Um, and if so, how do we work with that, you know, in a, in a, in a lawful, legal, peaceful, I mean, I, want, I just want to lay that out because I don't want to get either of us to get misaccused of generating or inciting anything other than love of country, legal, lawful uh, procedure to make sure this doesn't happen again, and maybe to get some, you know, compensation one way or the other. So I'm asking yeah. you, like, you don't think, I mean, your military leaders just one day said, hey, we're going to do this thing with Pfizer. There, is there something in your mind or do you guys feel there's something above that? Because that's really where you're going to have to target the next steps yep. of accountability. So where do we go and what is yeah. that? Great question. So there's a little bit of nuance here because I'm going to kind of explain maybe just, just even if just briefly kind of my opinion and then there's sure. the declaration. So let me start okay. with the declaration. So the declaration has a very narrow focus. Just because we 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 said, you know, there's there's ample evidence that the mandate itself was unlawful. So let's kind of put energy into that. But of course, 
we all know that the problems that we're facing in the military and, and in our government and in this country, a lot has been happening over a long period of time. And there's a lot that is going to have to be done. So I have many of those concerns, just kind of speaking for myself personally, sure. that you have just addressed. Um, and I don't want to speak for other people who signed the declaration because the declaration is is deliberately a, uh, has a very narrow focus. Um, and, and we are not. We don't necessarily believe that by solving the, the vax mandate issue, we solve every problem. It's it's okay. more flip flip that thought. Mm -hmm. If we don't solve the vax mandate issue in the military, it doesn't matter what other problems we solve. You will not fix the military if, if people can kind of understand what I'm saying there. So it is not the only problem. It's not the only the only um, significant problem. Okay. But yeah, it is good. so significant that if this doesn't get fixed, it almost doesn't matter if we fix the wokeness or if we somehow hold people accountable for the Afghanistan debacle or whatever. Those are other problems, too, that are not addressed in this document. But, um, yeah, we, we've, we've got some real issues. And, and mm -hmm. I, I think this goes back to um, if you're going to be an American citizen, you're going to live in, in, a, in a republic, you have to be informed. And, and I think by and large. Americans are just not as informed and they're not as active as uh, as they should be. And living in a in a republic requires that the people I mean, there's a responsibility that comes with with the rights that we possess. And you, you got to know what those rights are and you got to know what's happening. And, yeah, I just I, I think there is a duty that's incumbent upon all of us to to be more informed and be more active. Yeah, that's very well said. And that the, the idea of being informed in order to keep a republic healthy, or at least functioning, has been well lost. And, and you know, like you said, those branches of government, all three branches of government um, have abused. Uh, they've abused because, and because people have looked the other way and they just don't want to be bothered. And they're not taking their responsibility as members of a republic to, to stay informed. So that that was really helpful to get that distinction. Um, one last thing about the declaration: it's you say it's narrowly focused. Let's get that out really clearly for people. I want to remind people to go to militaryaccountability.com, and you will see the petition. Or I'm sorry, you'll see the declaration, and you can sign uh, under all those great people. Uh, what are the numbers up to by now? Do you know as of today? Yeah, uh, last I looked, it was um, in the high 12,000s. And I mean, it's it's constantly ticking upwards. So and the website's only been up, I guess, is today is day three that the website has been up. So um, okay. so it's still catching steam. And again, you know, the, the question we keep getting asked is, hey, I'm not in the military. Can I still sign? Yes. The, the petition is for everybody. Does not matter whether you okay. have any affiliation or have ever had any affiliation with the military. So narrowly focused, so people might say, well, uh, should I have a concern about signing it? Am I going to be, you know, targeted in some way by the government? Let's be clear about what the narrow focus is so they understand what they're supporting by signing. Yeah. So um, what what I would urge people to do, and this goes back to being informed and active, is, mm. um, you know, hey, don't ever put your name on something that, that you don't agree with. I mean, we want you to, before you... You know, by all means, when you go to the to militaryaccountability.com before you sign it, you, you know, of course, please read, you know, make sure you're in accordance with it before you sign it. Um, but what but when you read it, if you're being honest with yourself, again, you will see that we are in no way calling for circumvention of the constitution. Right, We're not the anybody calling for a coup. Right. So right. so just to assuage some concerns, 
every word that is in that document was meticulously placed there and was read over and, you know, multiple times by multiple people. And um, because we, we knew that we did not want to have a document that could be easily misconstrued. Now, are there going to be trolls out there and other people with a, you know, middle school level analysis of a civics understanding of this country? For sure. We understand, you know, they're going to, we've already seen some individuals that bless their hearts, you know, some cognitive impairment, obviously on their, on their, <laughs> when they, when they analyze our document. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. But, but, um, but, but what we want is people yeah. to understand exactly what we're saying. And then, yeah, if there are enough of us that get behind this movement, then uh, obviously it's, 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 it's less likely that they will target all of us. But, but yeah. let me say, Dr. Jane, this is important. I understand. Look at what has happened in our country the last couple of years. I understand people's hesitancy. I really do. And and I actually like that they're asking these questions because mm -hmm. it shows that they they understand the reality of the situation and they are exercising some discernment. Now, I can tell you there's no big money behind us. In fact, there's no money behind us. Um, I, I mean, this was a group of people that literally got together with a document that we passed around and that we put out via an email and Twitter. Um, okay. Now it has attracted some big attention, but this mm -hmm. is a couple of normal people mm -hmm. who never aspired to be leaders of a movement or whatever. It's just normal people. You know, it's, it's, it's ordinary people in extraordinary circumstances. And yeah. we knew this was going to be big. We did not know that this was going to be this big. Well, I would, um, you're not a naive and you're, you're, you're a warrior and you're, a, you know, an educated leader warrior, but I would still say to all of you, be aware this is the, the big year of deception and it's you know better than anybody it's an information war yeah. um be aware of people that come into this um that could sabotage it there are people that look like they're friendlies but they're not and some of us have been victims by you know many many uh, operatives like that so it's i would i would give you that caveat the question i had was and by the way i'm going to steal your term middle school analysis Ooh, that's so good. I call them ankle biters, but I like middle school analysis too. Um, did you have any military legal sort of expertise, lawyers, JAG, former JAGs, look at this thing to say, look, you know, to, to finalize it, uh, to protect you all from misconstruing? There, there are multiple lawyers who have, who have read okay. it, et cetera. I figured as much, true. but um, yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily want to say that they kind of formally gave us a like a like a, an official legal review or whatever, but yeah. there were very smart people, some of whom are are lawyers that have put their their eyes on it for sure. Okay, I, I would I would imagine you would have anyway. Um, Brad, we're coming near the end of the interview. I first of all, I want to thank you for everything. You know, there's so much uh, that you've done. I've really appreciated our connection. Open invitation anytime you want to come on the show, and as one of one avenue to get information out. Um, again, the website is militaryaccountability.com. What uh, in the last few minutes, you know, I'll give you the floor. What do you want the American people to know before we say goodbye to you tonight? Yeah. So just, you know, kind of as I reiterated, reiterated before, um, you know, now is the time to get off our couch. Uh, I think a lot of people feel that something is massively wrong in our country. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people also feel 2024 is going to be a pivotal year, maybe in a good way, maybe in a bad way, maybe a bit of both, but people can just kind of feel the energy in the air. How many people have you seen just recently have just kind of said or remarked, I just feel like something is about to happen or whatever. So, I mean, this is, 
if we don't do something now, we all collectively as a society are going to look back on it and say, what, you know, why didn't we do more or why didn't more of us do more? So now is the time get engaged and, um, and let's make ourselves heard. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, great role modeling from all of you to the rest of the nation. You're trying to save a Republic. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for giving me some time today, Dr. Anytime. Jane. You know, Anytime. I mean, we've got some remarkable people, you know, some of these names like Dr. Pete Chambers. I mean, yeah. just you know, this larger than life guy. I mentioned, you know, Rob Green, there are others, but these are the people that I feel like they're not generals and admirals, but they are the ones that are literally trying to pull the entire military back in line where it should be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and God bless you all for doing that because those people still inside who are trying to navigate and jockey are looking outside and saying, well, if there are some really good, decent people that are so accomplished in the military and they have such a great conscience, like you all are out there putting their necks on the line, you know, you're role modeling that integrity we talked about earlier in the show, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, thanks, Brad. We'll have you back soon and see how this thing rolls up militaryaccountability.com. Go read it at least. And if you agree with it, join, join uh, everybody and sign it. So thanks again. Hey, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, that's it for this edition of the Dr. Jane Ruby show. We'll see you tomorrow morning for coffee chat. Take care. Medical disclaimer, the Dr. Jane Ruby Show does not provide medical advice. The information, including but not limited to, texts, graphics, images, and other material contained on this show are for informational purposes only and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by your viewing or attempt to communicate with Dr. Jane Ruby. No material presented on the show is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment before undertaking a new health care regimen. And never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have seen on the show. Thank you for watching.